Welcome to Be With Champions. I'm your host, Greg Bennett. And today, I get the privilege to have back on the show, Mr. Vincent Lewis, now two-time triathlon world champion. You see, Vincent defended his triathlon world championship title this past weekend in Hamburg, Germany. He shares his mindset and what was fueling him both before the race and, and during the race. And he describes the race in detail, and then he goes on to describe some of the training that he's been doing these past few months in these uncertain times. And Vincent tells us why he didn't race the mixed relay world championships, with the, which the French team did end up going on and, and winning. And he discusses his plan leading up to the Tokyo Olympics in 2021. Always inspiring and just always entertaining. Um, a quick little bit of housekeeping before we go on. Please keep the feedback coming. Loving that. You can go to social media. I'm on Instagram. My name is uh, Greg Bennett World. Uh, Twitter, you can go to Greg Bennett One or Greg Bennett on Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, or you can go to iTunes and just give me some reviews or feedback there. I really appreciate that as well. And I'll try and get back to you on the social media platforms if I can. I, I seem to be doing a reasonable job at that um, and love having the conversations with you all. Uh, please subscribe to your podcast app of choice. That really helps this show out. And finally, if you want to go to bennettendurance.com forward slash media, that's bennettendurance.com forward slash media, there you can get the show notes for this episode, the timestamps, uh, sponsors, coupon codes, and all the various links. Such an honor to have a chat with Vincent Lewis again, two-time triathlon world champion. I hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Before we start, I've got to give a quick shout out to the brands that make this show possible. The only brands I'm working with are brands that provide products that I use daily and truly believe in. These products support my immunity, they help improve my recovery and my focus. First up, my friends at Athletic Greens. I love this company and I love their all-in-one daily drink. It's become a part of my morning routine. I'm heavily focused on supporting my immunity and boosting my energy and, and helping my gut health, but I want to do it naturally. And I found that support with Athletic Greens, a whole food sourced green drink that tastes great and there's no hassle. It's delivered straight to your door. And it's a highly absorbable powder that takes seconds to mix with water so there's no clumpiness to deal with. I can't believe a green drink sourced from whole foods can actually taste so good. Personally, I truly love it. It's developed from a complex blend of 75 vitamins and minerals. It's packed with aptogens for recovery, probiotics and digestive enzymes for gut health, and vitamin C and zinc citrate for immune support. So Athletic Greens is designed to help fill the nutritional gaps in your diet. And there's a great offer going on now for you to give it a try. Simply go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg to claim our special offer of 20 free tra daily travel packets with your first order. $79 added value. And get Athletic Greens delivered straight to your door. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. This show is also brought to you by my friends at Hyperice. Some of these products I've been using for almost a decade. Makers of the award-winning Hypervolt, the world's most powerful percussion massage device featuring quiet glide technology. Hyperice is a wellness tech company that makes devices designed to help you move better. From handheld massage devices to vibrating foam rollers, thermal technology, and the Normatec compression systems, Hyperice helps you warm up faster, recover quicker, and simply move better. Used in professional training rooms throughout the NBA, the NFL, MLB, the MLS, Ironman, and other professional organizations for well over a decade. Designed to help improve circulation, flexibility, and relieve tension. Get $50 off all percussion devices now. No code needed. 
and get an additional 10% off with code GREG10 at hyperice.com. That's hyperice.com, H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-E.com and use code GREG10 for 10% off. All right, I've had this man on the show early in the year after he won his first senior triathlon world championship title. And that was one of my favorite chats. It was so entertaining and it was just so inspiring. And, and now he's back just after defending his world title in Hamburg, Germany this past weekend with one of the most powerful performances I think I've seen in the sport, an incredible swim, bike, and that dominating run at the end was just unbelievable. I feel so honored to have him back on. So welcome and a special thank you for coming back on Be With Champions, one of my favorite people in the world, Mr. Vincent Lewis. How are you, champ? Hey, I'm really good, Greg. Thanks for thanks for having me again. How are you? Oh, yeah, I'm doing very, very well. And it was just so exciting for all of us to finally get to see some incredible racing on the weekend. Um, you know, so thank you for putting on such a an incredible show for us. How are you feeling now? Uh, yeah, good. I'm still a bit sore from the race, to to be honest. And uh, but yeah, I feel good. You know, when you when you wake up in the morning as a world champ, you kind of forget uh, that your your calves are really tight and and all these kind of stuffs. I know, and especially you guys. I mean, you haven't raced at all this year, and so to go out and just punish yourselves like you did over that sort of uh, well, just under fifty minutes for you guys, it really can be pretty tough on the body, can't it? Without that kind of race specific training that we usually get by having you know usually by this time of year you've already done sort of 10 races um so you've, you've pulled up a little sore huh yeah yeah yeah. i mean that it's been like 10 months since uh since october that i uh, that i haven't raced so <laughs> i was a bit like wow this is gonna be a sh- real shock and uh, yeah i was lucky enough to share some of my uh, training with a uh, very strong athletes so it kind of reminds you how hard it is but uh yeah that's that was for sure a really hard race a short one and uh you, you put everything you have for for yeah under 15 minutes so yeah you you you're not really working straight on the days after i i have no idea how, how did you keep your i'm really curious how you kept your motivation and that you know without knowing if you're going to race at all this year um and yet you guys and especially in the joel filial squad you all did outstanding i think mario was a little off yes uh, on the weekend but how did you keep the motivation to push especially the intensity that it takes to win a race like that um first of all i think i really do like training i Mm -hmm. I just i just Mm -hmm. enjoy that just being like riding my bike running and swimming i just like this so it's never like really false when i get out of the door and i have to train and i think joel it and it's how you can say he's a he's a really good coach took really good decisions for us when we start the lockdown, he just told us, okay, right now we just go back to aero training. We keep the base. We don't do anything fast because doing something fast is going to drain you. It's going to drain your motivation. You're going to see that you're not going as fast as you should be and all this stuff. And if you go fast and you don't have a race, you kind of feel you did this for nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. As soon as the lockdown started, I just basically go to 30 hours, but super easy and i did that for like 12 weeks i think or something and then when we actually had uh, real dates on races that's when we start the build-up and then you can see every single week you improve every single week you go faster and that's mm. that's really something that boost boosts you to, to to train harder and to train like longer and everything so yeah i think 
the fact that we did not burn too many matches during this, mm. let's say, March to July period was really good to 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 be ready to to fight during this race. Because you 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 hadn't done any race before because you didn't do the arena games, the Super League arena games that, that Maca put on. Did you had you done any races before this? Uh, no, I have. I haven't. I haven't done anything. I was just. Uh, I mean, I, I knew from ITU that uh, Hamburg was going to happen. That was that was the big one. That's going. That was going to happen, and uh, we we weren't really sure about Bermuda and and Montreal. So I was. I just told Joel, okay, I I don't feel that I want to race a French Grand Prix or, or or something. So let's just go to Font. Let's just go up in the mountains, train super hard for six to eight weeks and having a one shot. And I mean, this mm. season is all going to be about who wins the only big race where almost everyone is there. So that's, mm. that, that was my plan A since the start. So you can imagine two weeks before the race when they say, oh, this race is going to be war champ. And that is the race you target since like six months. <laughs> you, you, you're kind of happy yeah, yeah I, I love that but it's like uh it's like you said i'm gonna have i mean it's kind of like you've won a world series world championship last year and this year you won the one day world championship you know so you've kind of done it both does it feel like that to you yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was. Yeah, I, I did. I did not think about it actually. But uh, well, the only other yeah. two people that have done that, Javier Gomez has done it when it used to be, you know, a one-day event. And same with yeah. uh, Helen Jenkins. Um, I believe they're the only two that have done the, both the series way of doing it and the one day. But now you can add your name to that list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it, it's funny because, uh, as you know, before the race, that was a bit controversial about. Oh, yeah, it's a sprint distance. It's only a one-day race. It's a uh, short notice just two weeks before the race and everything and mm. I remember after the race I got a text from uh, my uh, squad mate Martin Van Riel uh, that mm. watched the race he was injured and did not race and he told me oh you you put a big stop to the controversy you just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you just kept your title so nobody's gonna say you don't deserve it and nobody's gonna say anything because it's basically as this world champ just confirm what you did and you just world champ and now you can represent it so that's good He's exactly right, and I think all of us had that kind of mutual feeling. I think it was, and and not to undermine the incredible athletes you're up against, but I think we were all kind of going, well, a world championship with two weeks' notice, and like you just said, you know, sprint race, blah blah blah. It was kind of, oh, I don't know. And then when you came through and basically defended your title, and I think all of us were like, ah, oh, that's perfect. It was actually the really the perfect way to finish it. So I think I, I agree with Martin on that one. I think it was wonderful that you got to defend it and, and do just such an amazing job in the process. Um, the the race itself, I want to move on to that because that was, you know, really why I wanted you on this show while it's still so fresh in your mind. Firstly, they increased the field size from 55 to 65. And in a sprint race, and anybody that's done a triathlon knows that that first swim boy is absolutely petrifying, especially if we don't swim like you. But you, what were your thoughts when they said, okay, we're going to have this race, we're going to increase the field to 65? Did that bother you? No, I mean, once again, it was in my favor. I know I would be in the top five at the boy. I was like swimming right. really well. The, the the last trainings, like, I mean, in the pool, I was really a machine. Like I, I did I did like really, really strong sessions and, and I knew that I would be one of the first athletes at the boy. So I was just like, oh, okay, just add people. It's just gonna bother the the 
the others behind me. And, and so I, I was glad about that. And, you know, I was just going into this race, just saying they can do whatever they want. They can change the order. They can do whatever they want. Like it is what it is. And I'm ready. I'm strong swim, bike, run. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it no matter what, no matter the weather, no matter the race, hilly, flat, whatever you can do. They say, oh, Ali stays racing. Oh, uh, Jake is not racing. Oh, I was like, yeah, I, I don't care. I'm just going to race. And I'm going to race angry. And I'm just going to do my best to win. And that, that was that was my mindset when, when they were like changing the things, you know, even one week before they announced that uh, the prize money will be just the prize money of a normal World Series, like not even a grand final or not even the bonus pool. So I was just like, it, I did not even think about it. Like he, mm. I was just like, they decide it's world champs. It's not going to change. It's official. So now you have to deal with one fact. On Saturday, we'll have a new world champ or I'll be world champ again. And that's, that's, that was my mindset for the, for the full prep. I love that. You know, I had um, Mark Weber on Formula, Formula One driver from Australia, and, and we talked about adaptability, that the champions can adapt quickly. And we spoke about Roger Federer and a number of other athletes, but you've just nailed it with that ability to not get hung up on anything and adapt and adapt and adapt. And I think that ability, especially this year with everything that's going on, adapt in your training, adapt in your mindset, adapt in, in, you know, all the different kind of rules and regulations they're putting on the race. And I think that's the real mind of a champion there. It's absolutely incredible. And what I also love about what you just said is the, the confidence, you know, were you working? I mean, obviously your training was giving you tremendous feedback and you're training with some of the best guys in the world, but were you working on that confidence? Were you, you know, working on visualizing, were you doing any of these things or was it just came naturally? Uh yeah, I think I think it came like for me personally, it, it comes with like kind of weeks of training. Not really, not really doing crazy sessions, but uh, because it's not it's not like how how Joel really really manages the the training. But it's more about like having consistent training, like being able to get out of the door every day, do what Joel asks. Uh, don't skip session. Don't be too sore the day after a hard session. That's that's more how I think if. I go to the start line and I've done everything that I could to be strong, included recovery, sleeping, uh, diet, everything. Mm. I know I'll be strong. And if someone beats me, he's just stronger and I can accept that. But, and, and, and to be honest, you don't have any stress when you show up on the start line with this mindset because you're just like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I did everything I could to put like the, the cards in my hands and the other cards are just in the other guy's hands and I can't deal with that. So I'm just going to adapt. I'm just going to do my best. Whoever wins is the best. And yeah, that, that, that was, that was just my thing. That was just like, I'm ready for this race. And now we're gonna, we're gonna make what we have to do. Yeah, you're free. You're free to explore. You know what I mean. You're 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 free to just let it loose and 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 see what happens when you have that kind of mindset without without a definite expectation on a result. It's just a I just gonna I want to show my fitness. That's all I want to yeah, do. And and, you, and that's just, really free. Uh, yeah, you're just super excited. I mean, I was like, first, you know, you see the race on the paper. You're just like, oh, okay, it's an out and back. There is two cones, and and that's gonna be world championships. And then you get into like the atmosphere of the race. You see the guys and you 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 check the race course. You can feel the vibes and you're like, wow, but this race is 
really basic, but I really like it. I don't know. Mm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna show them what I did during training, and I, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna smash it because I, I want to race. Uh, I mean, I'm hungry for races, and uh, it's a world title on the line. You 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 can't really you can't really spit on it. You just you're just gonna race your life because this race, I mean, is gonna make you world champion and we we all need a world champion for 2020 and if it's not you it's someone else and <laughs> i mean yeah i mean that that that's for me races and I, I say that a lot it's you win or you lose there is no second you know mm. who who we who, i don't know who wants to be second who wants to play video games and lost who wants to i don't know it's winning is making the others lose and you just want to win the race. And that was really my mindset. I mean, I never thought about, oh yeah, medal will be good. It's just like, I'm going to race from the from the start and starting, trying to stay at the front. And I'm going to push hard and, and put everyone in the in the edge. And yeah, that was, that was really how I get into this race. Just, it's a basic race. It's a basic course. There is nothing really like fancy, but at the end of the day, there will be a world champion. And I'm going to do my best for it to I be me. <laughs> I love that. I think it's like once you've had a taste of winning, it's kind of like you want more of it, don't you? It's like this, hang on, winning, people say winning's not everything, and but I kind of feel like once you've had a taste of winning, you kind of go, actually, it kind of is when you punish yourself, like you said, 30 hours a week of training and, and you prepare and you do everything you can, it really is just either win or you don't win you lose <laughs> I mean, it's that simple i mean that's what was the race itself i mean we saw you all wearing masks and um i saw richard murray's youtube video it was like you guys had um online briefings and that kind of thing did it have a different feel or was the energy still right for you to be able to to get excited um yeah it's it's really different actually well i i, I did not really uh, to be to be really fair i did not really miss the the mass briefing and i'm kind of <laughs> none of us do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm kind I, I, you know what i did not even check online the briefing i, I just did not care uh, <laughs> so i mean bike recon swim recon run recon and and you're good i mean it's a triathlon it's a race you swim bike run you have two transitions and nothing's nothing's different but um yeah the 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 thing is more for me the during the race you know no crowd i did not feel any difference i wasn't in france so and you race like all out for 45 minutes. You're like so focused that you did not even notice there is no no public. Mm. But for me, it's more after the race, you get onto the podium and then you have to put your all medal around your neck. Uh, you, 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 you sing the national anthem, nobody's singing with you. And then at the end, there's like 10 people clapping their hands. And mm. Mm. from Lausanne last year, uh, where a lot of my friends were actually there singing with me and and cheering and everything to Hamburg this year with nobody basically. I mean that was just my physio uh, and my coach clapping their hands. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's just it's just a, a really different feeling. But at the end of the day, when you lay on your bed and you reflect on what you did, um, yeah, that that's just the same. That's just exactly the same. And I really think that. If some guys were there, and I actually think a lot about Jake Berthwistle, mm. I think he would have 
he would have had big chances to beat me. So I know that. And I think in endurance sports, we smart enough and we know how hard it is and how how hard it is to to be strong on this kind of sport to to recognize that. I know the circumstances the circumstances prioritize me and I'm aware of that. But you know it is what it is. And I would have been happy to race them and to and to race against them and having a, a race with everyone, but uh, I, I can't I can't deny that uh, it's a world title and and it it is what is gonna fill my fridge this year. So I'm 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 glad with that. Yeah, I think you've just got to accept what it is, and and I think you you know I think you're right in mentioning Jake that he's he's uh, obviously been there or thereabouts for years now, and he won two World Series titles you know last year. Um, incredible athlete. You mentioned him, and you say he possibly. Where do you think he would have got you? Uh, you know, with one K to go, I start to like really push the pace, mm. and um, it's the kind of thing that that Jake would have done too. And I remember thinking, with like 800, 700 meters to go, uh, what well, these guys? Uh, I mean, Vasco Villacha and Leo Beger. They, mm. they they have to drop. They're going to drop because usually when I do that or when Jake does that, it's only him and me. So <laughs> they will drop for sure. And after mm. 500 meters, like with 500 meters to go, I was just like, okay, whoa, good. That's, that's, a, that's a normal day. <laughs> nothing ma- nothing magic is going to happen. But yeah, as soon as I crossed the line, I, I, you know, I remember this finish in Hamburg when he passed me with like 50 meters to go. And uh, that's right. Yeah. I was just, <laughs> to be fair, I was, I was glad he wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think it's really nice of you to at least mention some of these guys. And for people listening, um, you know, the Australians, uh, New Zealanders, uh, South Africans, Canadians uh, aren't allowed to leave their countries at the moment. It, it feels like the Commonwealth, half the Commonwealth aren't allowed to leave. <laughs> and uh, and so there was a few countries missing uh, from the, the, the world championships. But in saying that, it still was an incredibly stacked field with desperate athletes, athletes that, like you said, haven't raced for 10 months and were just chomping at the bit just to have the opportunity to race. And and you could see that. And when you look at the the men's finishing times and, and the field, it was basically every one to two seconds was a man crossing the line in that race on the weekend. And so, yes, I think you were physically ready obviously, to be world champion and to defend. But that confidence and that mindset is the difference, I think, in those few seconds, um, that the, the difference between a champion and somebody sort of finishing in the top, the top 10. And I think you really came going, I want to make sure that this world title stays with me. And, and it was evidence in the way that we watched you race. I think it was just absolutely fantastic. And what about like, over the last four months or so, I seem like every time we go on social media, I see one of your competitors dropping a 5K time on the track. Um, Alex Yee, for example, the young British man who ran a 13.26. Uh, your teammate, Connex, who ran a 13.41 on the track. And I know Richard Murray and Jonathan Brownlee also did really fast. Did they concern you or were you doing the same kind of work and going, okay, I'm still I'm in the mid-13s for 5K um, myself? Uh, it's uh, it's it's a really good question actually, and uh, I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you asked that because 
I'm I'm not really uh, using social media a lot. I'm trying to go like less than 45 minutes a day, which is already, I think, a lot. But um, yeah, some of my friends, like every time there is a new a new training PB posted, <laughs> they they send it to me. Oh, you see this guy run that, this guy run that. <laughs> so first nice. of yeah, <laughs> so first of all, and to be really clear with you and honest, the only thing I trust is the track. Whatever's done on the road and ev- even more training, wow, you, you you can make it tell whatever you want. Huh? So Alexi is impressive, but Alexi is a really good runner. Everyone knows that and everyone knows uh, his weaknesses. But yeah, I mean, these guys are strong, but we're doing triathlon. And I, I would love to see what they do on the 400 meters in long course in the pool in the same day. And could you tell me? Could you tell me? I mean, you mentioned some of your swim workouts. Is there anything you'd be willing to share with me on this show? The kind of things that were giving you confidence in the pool? Uh, yeah, I can. In altitude, for me, a good session is uh, I don't know forty by fifty uh, long course, uh, forty-five second cycle in under thirty. I think that's a good set for me. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and that's an outage. That's Font Rameau, you guys. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. a fast pool, by the way. I always felt that pool was really slow when I trained there. Maybe it yeah, was. Just yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. We did. We did a few. I mean, I was I was swimming with good swimmers uh, like Martin von Riel or Alessandro Fabian, and yeah, you know, you, you, you It's funny because Joel is not the guy that that gives the time. You know, gives the splits when you touch when you touch <laughs> the wall. He's not like, oh yeah, sixty three or oh, sixty four. No. He's not that guy that waits for like other athletes to be on the on the side of the pool and saying, "Oh, Ben's fifty nine, good, good." And uh, you know, this kind of coaches, everyone knows this one. But yeah. uh, he's more like, okay, I mean, you guys are front pack swimmers. If you if you're too far behind, you know, you're not gonna not gonna make the front pack. If you're with the guys, you're gonna make the front pack, and that's that's what it is because open water is different and everything's different. So. Yeah, I'm really glad I'm in this group with such talented athletes and I can just judge my shape uh, with swimming next to guys like like them. Mm. And so so on the on the start line, you're confident, you've picked number one, you've picked far right. Was the, I mean, was that, a, I mean, I always, anytime I had world number one, it was always get on the sides. I always felt like it was just the, the cleanest water and the less, least amount of drag. Was the, the, the swim course, did it look accurate to you looking to that first swim boy? Uh, yeah, we actually uh, measured it uh, with like a laser and uh, mm. it, it says that it was basically the same and I was happy to start on the, on the right side and I knew Mario would pick the, the spot next to me and then Alaza, so they, the two uh, guys that uh, swims uh, a bit slower than me. So I was happy to have a bit more clear water and to be uh, inside on the inside side of the, of the boy. And um, yeah, you know, I don't know. It just, I, I'm not really superstitious or something, but uh, yeah, picking the number one is just something you, you do, you do instantly, you know, I, I don't know. And, you know, it's funny because after the race, I thought about this, like, little instance about like picking number one on the start line or you know the day or uh, the week before the race we went out for a ride with my friend and we saw a rainbow and we were just like wow i don't know that's 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 something like a like a sign or whatever but 
it's just <laughs> it, it's just funny that you realize these things you after the after the race and you did not think about it before and you're just like wow well, there, there were some stuff that were showing i was going to do good huh? isn't it funny i mean we can all play these kind of games and you got to be careful not to get too uh superstitious you know especially before the races but uh i know i i used to room with uh chris mccormack before a lot of the races and um uh, we used to play this game the whole time you know oh well, i'm gonna win because this just happened or i you know like we used to make this stuff up all, all the time and and but i like the fact that you chose number one on the pontoon i think that was great during the swim, you uh, you did move into the lead, you know, halfway through the swim, and then it was almost like you did you decide to let Alistair come through and take the lead in, or was he just putting everything in and going past you? Uh, yeah, uh, I was I was planning to take the lead. I mean, I was planning to push the pace, and uh, after maybe yeah, two hundred two hundred fifty or three hundred meters. Uh, the Austrian guy uh, went on the side, and I and I and I went uh, at the front, and yeah, I was just I was just pushing hard, but not too hard, keeping some uh, energy for the last uh, few hundred meters and and the mm. transition uh, with the stairs, and it's quite a long transition. And then I saw Alistair, like you know, typically typical Alistair, going like a maniac, and I was just like, oh, okay, mate. I, I, the the thing is, you know, you when you front pack swimmers, you know how to swim to be efficient as a group. And I didn't want to get into his hip. I could have like stayed into mm-hmm. his hip and just like kind of cruise to the to the finish to the end of the swim. But I was just like, no, I'm gonna stay on my side, make sure I put two meters behind each other and uh, having people take take a decision. They follow me, they follow him, they have to change direction. Uh, they have to 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 look at the at the exit, and I don't want to slow him down, so I, I'm just gonna let him on his side. And yeah, he was he was really strong. I think he was um, really willing to to push the pace uh, end of the swim, start of the bike. But um, yeah, I was happy for him to take the pool and and start the bike as hard as he did because uh, yeah, I think that was a crucial moment and uh, and a really really good uh, push for the for the breakaway to happen. Yeah, I thought that was incredible, actually. And just just to touch on what you're saying for people that don't know, when you, when you ride on somebody's hip or on the right on their side, you actually slow down the person that's front. It's like a drag effect, and um, it, and so what you've done is allow Alistair some room and you some room to keep the speed high, and that allows the whole race to string out a little bit more. And and then Alistair did get out onto that bike that that first kilometer of the bike, two kilometers, just looked really painful. Was that? really quick and as painful as it looked on on the telly yeah yeah he was definitely strong uh he was definitely the strongest in the first group and uh you know uh i was just like a few seconds behind him after t1 and uh, i had to bridge the gap that uh it's already as if you take a pull at the front so as soon as i get into his wheel i was just like well mate i'm not sure i can take a pull right now <laughs> And then he bruises you, right? <laughs> yeah, then he screams yeah, yeah. at you, like I just got here. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, now, now we're good with Alistair. We we don't yell at each other. We we used to do that, but uh, no, now now we're good. Uh, yeah. I think he, I think he find he finds some respect for me in deep in deep himself. So it's uh, it's a bit better now. But um, yeah, I mean, the the first two laps were really full on uh, i was glad the the two french guys uh, leo and dorian took took some good pulls too i think johnny was struggling he told me after the race he was uh, 
not really feeling good and um we dropped uh, we dropped a few guys uh on the way and uh, after two laps i was able to take my pulls and and walk in the group but yeah that that's still a that was still a good ride i mean a hard ride uh i think i have 325 uh watts average or something for 68 wow. kilograms which is uh which is good and um yeah we worked hard we worked uh, all together and uh, i think we were all uh, keen to have this breakaway staying away and um yeah, the, the guys behind did a good job. I think the Norwegians were up the front a lot, uh, trying to bridge to us. And uh, yeah, that's 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 the poker game, you know. You just the the first one that's gonna give up. And uh, yeah, we eventually managed to have twenty seconds after after the bike. And uh, I, I mean, in my head, I was just thinking, oh, as soon as I have ten to twelve seconds on the guy like Yele, I can I can play a bit and and I should be fine. Wow, is that all? You'd done the math. You were kind of like 10 to 12 seconds. That's, that's incredible. It was it was fantastic racing because neither group let up. It, so it, you, you could tell, like you said, 325 watts average over the 20K with all those dead-end U-turns and all that. The Norwegians, like you said, Christian Blumenfeld, he's just a diehard, just loves to smash himself. Um, Richard Murray was there. It was they were absolutely killing themselves. Um, you mentioned Johnny Brownlee. Yeah, he he definitely looked like he was a little off. And, and even towards probably the last kilometer of the bike with you guys, he kind of even tailed off just just a fraction. Um, he just didn't look himself. And I think it was the last thing I think it was because his brother smashed it so hard early. Um, but anyway, that's, that's probably another story. But I, I love the racing, the fact that neither – nobody – gave up and nobody wanted to skip a turn it was like this race that everybody wanted for the last 10 months the last year and everybody was desperate to get a performance and that what was what made the the race so special to watch um but then you jump out onto the run um and you've got this young man the youngest in the race vasco velasa from portugal that just took off like a maniac um, as any 20-year-old kid, I guess, would do. And I call him a kid. I should call him a man. That's not fair. But absolutely went for it. Um, your teammate, Leo Bourget, went with him and then you kind of were bridging the gap over to them. Um, that that first kilometre or two, take me through that. Yeah. Uh, so actually the first K was uh, slightly downhill and on kind of a gravel road. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I was I was where they are right now. I mean, fighting for a medal for Worlds when you're 20, 25 years old. And yeah, for sure, you're going to start fast. And Joel, with Joel, we had this chat before the race. And he told me, everyone is going to start all out for 1K because everyone is hungry and desperate to have a good result. So when it settles down after 1 to 1.5K, it's when you pull the armor down, when you put the armor down. And that was that was exactly that. And you know, when we start the bike, when we start the run, sorry, I was just like, okay, just relax for this first K, absorb the bike a bit, and as soon as you hit the road, it's um, like a slightly uphill with headwind, and they they're gonna they're gonna slow down for sure. And that's when you push the pace and when you make sure that you stay away from the from the second group and um, you start to to work on them and to make them tired to make sure they don't attack you later and then you start thinking about your about your finish what a phenomenal race plan i love that 
Just a quick mini break before we get back to the show. I just want to remind you guys to go check out athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Sign up and get your free 20 daily travel packets with your first order of $79 added value. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Wise words from, from Joel, you know, that, that, and again, it's that patience, that ability to, to use your weapons at the right time. You know, when, when do I fire my bullets? And, uh, and you could see that in the race when you move to the front, right at about that, that, you know, 1K, 1500 meters. And then you were getting a chance to look at some of the, the guys coming from behind every now and then, um, you got a little, you turn a couple of times, didn't you on the run there? Um, to see where they were. When when did you go? Okay, I'm racing just the two guys I'm with. Were you, was there a point where you're like, I don't have to concern myself with anyone else behind? Um, yeah, I think after um, let's say after three k. So that was the that was the second to last U turn, and uh, I know we just had one more out and back, so two k to to finish, and uh, I, I was like really not not really digging deep and i saw that um uh and richard murray did not like really did not really bridge to us they were still like 10 to 15 seconds behind and uh, i knew i still had some some gears and uh, yeah I, I mean 2k to go i was kind of confident and i was already starting to think about okay how do i manage these two guys with me now and um but i couldn't really slow down because they were still like only 10 seconds behind i mean it's five seconds per k huh? and it's, really, it's nothing <laughs> it's really nothing <laughs> so yeah I, I kept i kept pushing um and um eventually with let's say uh, uh 200 meters to go before the last u-turn i just uh slowed down to see if this guy thinks i was like kind of uh being weak and and but I mean, they were struggling to take a pull. Actually, only Leo went at the front, and I saw he wasn't really he wasn't really keen to go, and and he would have rather stay behind me. So as soon as I saw that, I knew they were almost all out. And after the the last U-turn, one k to go, I just I just I like I just went really mm. fast to make sure that I can I can drop them before the the, the sketchy finish. The sketchy finish. I mean. You would still back yourself in a sprint. I mean, you you probably want it. And like you said, I think you mentioned Jacob Burtwistle has has an incredible sprint, but I'd put you kind of right there. I mean, did you just decide you didn't want to risk it? Was that the whole plan? Yeah, I'm, I was I was I was feeling really good actually, and I, I wanted to I wanted to push and to see if I can drop them before. You know, the the, the sprint is all there. Even if you're better, it's still. Uh, there's still a risk. There is still something. You don't know the last corner. You you, you, mm. you just like miss the corner or something goes wrong. And it's it's really little margin. And if you can make yourself safe before that, and and actually you have the the cap the capability of doing that, that that that's better. And since since 1K, I was already feeling that uh, I, I kind of I kind of could drop them. And but I, I wanted still to have them with me in case I, I was uh, in the need of them to take some pulls with the headwind. So yeah, I, uh, I thought about the sprint finish, but I felt strong enough and I trusted my instinct, you know, to, to start earlier. And mm. um, th th this question is a good question because I had the same after, um, after Gold Coast 2018. Uh, mm. I attacked with one lap to go, so 2.5K to go. 
And I remember the French, uh, the French staff was like, well, "Why are you attacking now? Just wait for the last 300 meters, and you're gonna you're gonna beat them." And it's just instant. You just feel it's the moment. You just mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a lot. You know, when you're racing, all your senses are just like fully on, and you hear them breathing a bit more. You feel just a bit more confident. You feel a bit more the wind on your face or whatever, and you're just like, "What wow, this is now." I'm going to mm-hmm. pull really hard right now. And if I'm all out, they're all out. So I just have to to make them believe that they're going to drop before me. And yeah, you know, it just, it's just instant. It just, I, I, I just had this feeling and I, and, I, and I took the chance. You know what I love about that is that it's that kind of mindset of being completely present in the moment. You know, you're not thinking about, hey, I'm going to win a world title or what. You, you're just thinking about how do I feel? How, can I hear them breathing? Um, and, and I had, uh, Mark Allen and, uh, and excuse me if I've retold this story to, to listeners, but I love the fact that he talked about, you know, always quietening the mind in a race, you know, sort of the negative noise, the positive noise, just be quiet. And he said when he finally in the 1989 Ironman broke away from Dave Scott and had taken Mark seven years by this stage to try and win Kona. And he said he had no real race plan or anything towards the end there. He just noticed when Dave went to grab a cup of water with a mile to go, uh, just over a mile, and he just heard something yell in his head, go now. You know, it was like this <laughs> snap fire, right? And, it, and he said, look, if it was because I was just so quiet, I was ready to hear that. You know, and I, I think there is that instinct in a racer to know when that right moment is. Um, and then, you know, you did that so well. You, you ended up opening up probably more like, five second lead to be honest and then you you grab something out of your jersey a headband a phoenix headband um crossing that line two questions in this firstly the feeling of crossing the line was it emotional joy was it relief was it a little quiet because there was no crowd and it did it feel like a world championship tell me about that moment of crossing the line first um i I think i think i uh as you say, I wasn't thinking, oh, yeah, it's world championships. Oh, you're going to do it. You're going to be two times world champ. And just when I realized that I took the tape, I was just like, whoa, it's done. <laughs> it's done. You, you're good. It's, it's finished now. You can just let everything go. You know, I was, you know, you, this kind of race is when it's 45 minutes and you're going to fight for, for you, for your career. It's, it's like, you know, you're kind of angry. You're, you're kind of, what well, this guy, they, with 65 or 66 on, on, the, on the start line. And the only thing they want to do is beat me. They just want to, they, they just want to beat everyone. So, yeah, it's a, I mean, we, we're using the, mo- the, the word beat. So it's a fight. And when you finish, you're just like, wow, it's done. I don't have to think about it anymore. And, yeah, I'm good now. I'm good for at least one year. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, I, I would say it's, I mean, it's more like, yeah, relief. I, I would, I would use this word. If, if I, if, if I would have to pick one, I would use this word. Yeah, I think I, I, I like that. I mean, I think understanding that it is a fight and you're going to get basically a lot of these guys are your mates, but I always describe it to people. It's like you, you're playing a touch football game. You know, if you play rugby or, or, or one of these contact sports and it's touch football, it's not tackle, but every now and then one of your mates is going to hit you hard. 
you know, and it's like Alistair Brown is going to hit you hard in those first few kilometers of the bike and kind of, you're like, whoa, 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 this is meant to be touch footy. You know, for me, that was always kind of the mindset I had that we're kind of playing this game. I'm playing with a whole group of mates and it's who's going to hit each other every now and then um, and who's going to come out swinging. So I, I love that analogy of, of it being a fight. And then you cross the line um, post-race, you dedicated the race to a guy by the name of Arthur. Tell me a little bit about who he is. Yeah, so it, it happened actually uh, a week before the race on the on the Friday night. Um, I got a I got a text from uh, one of my best friends, and he said uh, and he said that Arthur's uh, wife just called him and say, "Oh, Arthur went for a run uh, at six, and it's now." 8.30 is not back and uh, do you heard about him? Uh, do you know where he is? And so my friend called me and he said, oh, what do you think we should do? And I said, oh, just grab a mountain bike and and go at the usual like uh, uh, loop that we do on the wood and just check where he is. And I, I texted him at nine and um, he called me back and he said, oh, we found him. He is dead. And he had a heart attack when he was running. And I was like, whoa, that's insane. He has, mm. so he had a wife, uh, two kids, uh, two, two years old mm. kids. And um, yeah, he was 27 mm. years old. So, you know, it's just like, you're just, you're just telling yourself that could have been me. Mm. And in one week, I'm going to race world championships. And even more now that I'm like, I won worlds two times. Everyone's super happy for me, but uh, yeah, I mean the the Tuesday after after his dad died, this kid went to school for for his first day of school without his dad, and that's that's the real thing. I mean that's the real life. Winning titles mm-hmm. is nice, but it's never gonna bring him back. And you know, I, I I did not think about it during the race. It's it's a bit different. I mean. It's just that it just before it 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 helps you to to think about something else to just say Mm. I'm just I'm just gonna do a triathlon and it's 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 a race it's sport it's uh, it's fun okay it's my job but I'm alive and this guy's gone I'm never gonna see him again and there's nothing I can do about it so yeah I think that was just the minimum that I could do just to have a mm. quick word for him and uh, yeah uh, we actually um trying to do something uh, i think i'm gonna put my uh, tri suit uh, that i wore in auctions or something trying to oh, yeah to put some money for for his wife and the kids and uh and see what we can get from that and uh, yeah that's uh well, you let know, me know how uh, I can help with that. I, I'd be happy to promote that on the show. Yeah. And, mate, sure, thank sure. you for sharing. Yeah. And, and I, I'm very, very sorry for, for you and, and obviously Arthur's family. But you know, that's, just- that's something I remember. I, uh, I, uh, so I learned that and uh, I, ju- I just went to bed. And the day after I went uh, for a ride just with one of the, the squad member, Dillian Statev, an Italian guy. And, and I told him because, uh, I don't know, he was like, oh, you, you, you don't look like super normal. And I told him. But I also asked him to don't tell anyone and I actually did not tell anyone because I wanted to, to keep that, to keep that inside mm-hmm. me, you know, this, this anger and, and just like deliver it and, and having it helping me for the race. And yeah, 
that was uh yeah that was a tough moment and but you know life's hard life's life mm-hmm. uh, knocks you in the face uh, it knocked me once again once uh, in 2015 with the loss of uh, laurent and uh Mm-hmm. it is how it is and and you have to move forward and help the people that stays as much as you can and yeah, um, it, it, yeah it's it's just uh yeah it's just sad moments and uh we we just have to be grateful for 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 what we're living right now because it can stop really quick it really can and i don't think life is ever given more perspective than death you know um none of us go through life not knowing people that that pass away all too soon and uh you know, it, it's wonderful what you're trying to do for the family. It was great that, you know, you were able to use that as fuel to optimize your own life. And I, I think that was um, really remarkable. And I, I and I appreciate you sharing that story. I, I, I did see you dedicate it, you know, at the finishing line. And I was curious about that. And I knew it was close to home. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, I, w- I want to move on a little bit. The the mixed relay um, was that your decision not to race, or the French just deciding to give everybody a go at having a world title? Uh, actually, <laughs> it's a bit more funny than that, um, you know. So the the French Federation uh, just took the decision to make us. Uh, how can I say that? To make us. Uh, do it yourself for the race. They basically send us a letter like uh three weeks prior to the race saying oh the the doctor doesn't want you to go and we don't advise you to go uh we basically don't want you to race international it's too dangerous and everything so i was like yeah but uh, i need i need to pay my bills i need to fill my fridge so i'm, I'm gonna race i'm gonna be safe but i'm gonna race and uh so I actually took my uh, plane tickets. I took my uh, room and everything. I planned everything. And they sent another email saying, oh, uh, for the ones going, we're not going to pay. So you, you have to pay everything for your travel. I was like, yeah, fine. I mean, I don't care. I'm just going to go. And so I, I asked them, so should I stay for Sunday? Is there any other athletes coming? Uh, what's, the, what's, the, what's the deal? And that was like three weeks before the race. And they say, oh, we don't know. Uh, we're not sure the girls are gonna race. Uh, we don't know. Uh, okay, you can you can just take a plane for Sunday. It's fine. We're not sure we're gonna make a team. So <laughs> that's that's how it decided for the full story. <laughs> oh, and here I thought I here I thought the 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 French coach was making sure I don't know every every guy and girl that he had in his. Uh, man or woman, I should say, in, in his uh, squad got a chance to to fill a, a world championship medal or, or experience it. Uh, and I thought, oh, isn't that kind of a clever coach? But okay. So the French were lucky to have a team at all. And then they've walked away with another world championship team relay title. I mean... Yeah, he, he wouldn't have changed like a lot. I mean, these, these guys are super strong. I mean, they finished third and oh, sixth yeah. in the individual. Yeah. <laughs> we, know the, we know the girls are really fast on short distances and they, they're really putting all out for the for the relay. So yeah, I wasn't I wasn't really... I did not feel really guilty to, to leave and uh, I'm racing Carlo Vivari, the, the World Cup on Sunday and it's a really tough race. And uh, yeah, my coach uh, Joel also told me, uh, it's it's better if you don't raise the relay. It allows you one more day to rest and come back home a day earlier." And so yeah, that was 
that was luckily that uh, I did not trace and also yeah the 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 funny part of the story with the federation <laughs> all right so you mentioned next week you you've got a world cup race um tell me about sort of this next phase of your life leading up to Tokyo 2021 um racing what's your what's your kind of plan or is it hard to plan right now is it just kind of do some races that are available right now and then sort of figure it out as it goes uh, yeah you know uh, i i want to race so for, for the end of the year i'm gonna i'm gonna race whatever it's on the calendar uh I, i'm i'm just keen to race so i'm planning to to race yeah kind of very uh, uh, uh county cup even in france an indoor county cup that i'm gonna race uh, some uh, non-draft uh, olympic distance in france too and uh, yeah for next year I mean, uh, hopefully the the World Series uh, will start again, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the normal schedule starting in March, and then uh, going in altitude for the final prep. Uh, I think I'm gonna go to Font. It's a, it's a good uh, mm-hmm. it's a good location. I like it, and um, they speak good French up there. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm just gonna stick to what we did for the for the. For 2019 and uh, what the plan was for for this year, I think we we still uh, we still improving with Joel in the in the way we communicate, in the way we we train, and he start to understand my 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 body a bit better, how I recover and how I deal with uh, with the training. So yeah, that's uh, that's interesting, and uh, mm. I, I, I mean I'm, I'm like all the others, we just waiting for ITU to to give us races and to and to make sure we can uh, we can have some races leading to the Olympics. Mm. What what are you going to do for heat acclimatization for Tokyo? Have you guys got a plan in place for that? Yeah, we actually uh, met uh, met someone in front um, that that give us uh, a lot of uh, advices about uh, heat prep and everything. We did some tests already. Uh, I'm used to do uh, some training with you know these these pills that you Mm-hmm. That, that that you get and you and you can track your your temperature so yeah we it's a it's a hard process because uh, you want to do it you have to do it but you don't want to ho- overdo it because it can really it can really burn you actually and we and we mm. saw that on the on few people so um, yeah we're still learning and uh, uh, I, i'm lucky to have uh, to have jan frodono uh, living not too far from me, so I can ask him some uh, some advice because I think he he did he did as good with uh, with the heat. Mm. Well, he did very well in Beijing when he won that, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> you know, back in yeah, two thousand and eight. Yeah, yeah. uh, no, he's a good neighbor to have, and he's a good sounding board to have. Jan Fredino, who uh, who was on this this show a few episodes back now, but just a, a wealth of knowledge to to have. And it's funny, you know, you've talked about doing all these smaller races and things towards the end of the year it's amazing how the quality of field is suddenly going to be really high for some of these <laughs> some of these races yeah. guys like yourself haven't had a chance to race at all and i know all these sort of young young men and women are like oh crap <laughs> we just yeah. am i going to go to a conti cup and and vincent lewis a two-time world champions just turning up uh, i just think that's hilarious and the other thing i wanted to just have a laugh about was um the post-race um interview they made you wear a mask even for that. And I thought you one of you guys could pass out trying to wear one of those masks after you've just crossed the line after a sprint triathlon and then trying to do an interview. How was that? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny, you know. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, 
we just followed the protocol and uh, I, I was surprised. I mean, actually before the interview, I was like, oh yeah, okay, should I leave the mask? I was like, no, 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 keep it, keep it, keep it. I'm like, yeah, we like two meters away. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I had, I had six guys in the breakaway speeding on me every five seconds. So if, <laughs> if, if something has to happen, I, I, I would be on the ground right now. So yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's obviously good. I think nobody wants to take any risk and uh, they feel, uh, they feel responsible about, uh, about it. And the, I, I appreciate the, the process they had, uh, making everyone, uh, mm-hmm. showing, showing up with a test, uh, within the 48 hours prior to, to your arrival in Germany, uh, having some temperature check before the race and all this stuff. I think that's, that's good. Um, that's good. Uh, but I, uh, I really wish we can, we can race, uh, normally, uh, re- like as normal really sooner. I think it'll happen, mate. I think normality will return. Um, but for for us as fans uh, watching you guys, it was just great to to get an event. I think, like you said, it's just great to be out racing, and then hopefully normality returns sooner rather than later. And I also want to give a shout out to uh, Taylor Spivey. You missed, yeah, her also yeah, yeah. She retained did, her she, fourth she place. So yeah, she did. She did really good, and actually, she was. Uh, a few a few days before the race, she wasn't even sure to race. She has a bit of a, of a niggle in her in her foot since uh, since a few months, and we we're trying to deal with that. But you know, it, when you're not mm. in your country, it's never easy to to get uh, to get the the all the like the care and everything. So she was uh, yeah she was struggling. She was with me in front, and uh, I think that's good. We were together during this period. That was a bit tough for her. And, uh, I, 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 I told her and, and, you know, I have an also funny facts like federations, huh? they, uh, they told, they told the Americans a few days before the race that this race is going to be discretionary for Tokyo Olympics. So <laughs> you're like, really? what? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 So, and you know, I'm kind of the Mr. Positive of the, of the couple. So I was just like, yeah, it's good. It's good because you you strong swim and bike uh these girls they keen to make a breakaway uh you you, you you're gonna be fine you're gonna be fine and uh and you have the nike alpha flies so you're gonna run faster than everyone and uh <laughs> she yeah she actually she actually had a really good run and I, I'm, I'm super proud because she really believed in herself she she put her at the front and like running with a girl like lindemann that's that's yeah. a, that's a sure value and i think yeah, she was really happy with that. She did also really good in the mixed team relay, and uh, and I hope if uh, whoever is picking the team for USAT and listening this interview is uh, is keen to to pick her for for Tokyo and uh, and telling her as soon as possible. I, I I'd be very surprised. I, it really for me, you know, you've got both Taylor and Katie, uh, Katie Safaris. The um, I don't know. It's it's pretty obvious that that should be your two and three on the team after summer Rappaport made it on the team last year. I mean, I, I would have thought that was pretty obvious, but again, I don't want to get him mixed up in that and I don't need to get abuse from, <laughs> from people that disagree with me, but that's kind of how it should, should look. And uh, I was just happy for you both that, you know, T- Taylor finished fourth in the, the world championships last year in the world championship series. And then she's pulled off the one day and finished fourth as well. And so I thought, oh, you know, I think you guys won in terms of the couples 
on the race course, which is always a race within a race, I think, you know, because you've got yeah. Richard Murray <laughs> and Rachel Clammer and, and there's a couple of other couples on the circuit. And I know for Laura and I, when we used to race, it was always we were up against other couples to see who was the better out of the couples. So I think you guys took that title as well on the weekend. So so congrats to you both. Um Mate, this has just been absolutely fantastic. I just one final thing, like I mentioned earlier, you're working with uh, the Phoenix Foundation. Tell me a little bit about that, because I thought I saw you throw on the headband right as you you took something out of your top and threw it on your head, and I had to actually zoom in and figure out what you were doing. Um, tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so the so the Phoenix team is a team uh, of athletes, uh, including uh jake berthwitzer alistair brownie uh georgia tillebron katie zafaris uh, radka kalfeld um and so basically that's a yeah that's an association and we want to like help kids to to move to practice sports and to like socialize with sport and all this stuff we want to kind of mm. inspire the kids to be more active because um yeah, you know, now it's 2020 and I'm 31 years old and I'm kind of the old guy and I can and I can see these kids like spending more time in front of screens and not really moving, like playing video games, all this stuff. And yeah, we 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 go into schools trying to to talk to the kids, trying to like make them moving more, doing sports and yeah, through I think through triathlon it's a it's a good way to to try to put them into sport, either swim, bike, run, or either the, the three of them. But um, yeah, it's 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 mostly like a, a spirit, you know, about just mm. trying trying to put the kids more active and trying to to sustain like a healthy way of life. And yeah, when when I when I got the opportunity to join the team uh, last year, and, and uh, I. Um, I spoke with the with the team manager and uh, yeah I was I was really keen to be part of this adventure and and do my best to to help them to promote sport uh, to to the kids. Mm, I, I love what you guys are doing. I think that's fantastic. It's an incredible team they've put together. Uh, not just great athletes, but some of the the best people I know. So I think they've done a very good job recruiting people to inspire kids to get out there and get moving. So congrats on that, mate. Mate I know you're tired. I know it's been a massive weekend. I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and just going through the day. I just I really, really appreciate it, mate. You're, you're a true champion and um, I feel really privileged and honored that you came back onto my show to have a, have another chat. So thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I'm I, I really looking forward for, for your next guest. Uh, uh, I, I had really good fun to listen to you to you podcast with Maka and also with Tim Don. The, the last one I listened, oh, it was it was really good fun. And yeah, you know, every time there is a new one, I'm just like, oh, that's got, that's gonna be a good love for my for my next easy run that I'm gonna listen to this podcast. So yeah, keep yeah. keep keep the good job uh, going, thanks, and, and and I'm really happy to to help you doing that. And yeah, thanks again for having me twice. And yeah, that's 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 a, that's a true honor. Oh, mate, I appreciate that. And like you, I really enjoyed both both Chris McCormack and Tim Don. I don't think I'd ever laugh so much, but uh, it, it, it is fun. I'm enjoying chatting to all you guys. So thanks, mate. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for listening to Be With Champions. If you enjoyed the show, your support would truly be appreciated. You can visit the Be With Champions Patreon page or you can subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Don't miss the next episode. 
so subscribe and be notified. For show notes, if you want to know more, please visit bennettendurance.com. I'm Phil Liggett, and on behalf of Greg Bennett, here's to the next time, and I hope you will join Greg again very soon.